Welcome, this is the Teaching Excellence Podcast for all things FE, teaching, learning, assessment, quality and possibly a few other things along the way. Hosted by Steph Wilkinson and Jade Gibson, leaders in FE who want to support others and make a difference and hopefully spread a little happiness whilst we're at it. Hello and welcome to the Teaching Excellence Podcast. This week is a really exciting week. We have our first ever guest on the Teach Excellence podcast and we have Hannah Tyman from the Chartered College. Hi, Hannah. Hello. How are you? Um, I'm really excited to be the first guest. Yeah, I'm so excited that you <laughs> really um, are joining us. Yeah, no, we um, just decided maybe once a month we'd have... Um, a guest you know come in and chat to us and yeah I just thought it'd be amazing to have you on. Brilliant yeah that's a really nice format I think um having listened to some of your other episodes is just it's nice to mix it up as well isn't it and sort of get other voices now and again. Yeah um, definitely yeah. We're, we're super keen to get as many people involved in the conversations and um, to sort of make a difference to Effie and the messages that are going out there so yeah thanks so much for, for agreeing to come and join us. Um, so I've got quite a few questions and um, not too many but some sort of big questions that I think people would um, be really interested in hearing uh, you know your views on or your advice on but I think we'll start right back at the beginning which is um, just could you just sort of tell me what the Charter College of Teaching is all about just for people who are maybe not sure. Yeah, sure. So um, we're the professional body for the whole of the teaching profession so Um, We've got membership right from early years through to higher education and kind of everything in between, really. Mm. Um, And the idea is just about connecting everyone working in education to sort of do two things, which is elevate the status of the teaching profession. Mm -hmm. I think anyone working in education, no matter what kind of phase or stage or environment, it will be aware of kind of how teachers and teaching are spoken about in the media, um, which isn't always the best um, <laughs> yeah. and I think there's other kind of challenges uh, no matter what sector you work in um, in terms of kind of recruitment retention well-being workloads all the accountability and things mm. um, I think for us it's about having this really strong voice as a profession no matter where you work um, that we can kind of start to have a bit of a collective voice on these issues um, I think to kind of challenge um, policy makers um, politicians the government all of these kinds of things just to have a bit of a stronger voice uh, where education's concerned really and, and raise the status of teaching so that it's got parity with other professions as well so yeah. you look at things um, like medicine or accounting you've kind of got a really strong professional voice in those areas and I think it would be really great um, certainly in my lifetime to see similar within the teaching profession I think it would be uh, it's, it, it's what it deserves um, that would be really exciting um, and I think the other part that uh, Charters College that I'm really kind of concerned with is connecting educators with research evidence um, kind of providing that in a really accessible format um, in a really practical format but to really align with their own experience and expertise as well um, so aligning the two so that we're kind of stronger as professionals that we have this kind of real uh, sort of solid research evidence base to draw upon and I think that research evidence movement is really exciting in education at the moment there's obviously quite a lot of activity going on specifically in further education as well yeah. um, 
read a lot of things recently about kind of re- FE research meets um, yeah. getting together to just share what they're doing in their classrooms but not just from a here's what I'm doing in my classroom but also from a perspective of here's the impact that it's having on my learners and um, it's based in all of this research evidence as well so um, yeah kind of really exciting yeah fab yeah I think um, what Charter College is, is trying to do is is amazing and there's definitely that need for that um, you know the challenge and the raising of the status of the profession and um, because ultimately everyone in the in the sector works really really hard yes. uh, and and you know trying to make a difference um, to the students that come through the door and um, but I think you know it, people will know um from what I've done on the podcast already that I'm you know the movement around research and evidence-based approaches for me just really makes sense um I think if we're trying to make a difference or if we're trying to um develop you know our teaching practice then let's a you know collaborate and sort of you know more heads together to create a bigger Mm. uh, momentum but also let's let's really look at it from a what's the impact and, and what's the evidence of of what this is is doing with our learners and so that we can share more successful strategies and and develop what we're doing quicker you know so it's great it's amazing yeah. um, and, and it's that thing of um there's often so many strategies going on and our workload can quickly escalate yeah. as everyone says you know well this is a great thing and this is a great thing and it seems sort of adds up and we try to do it all and I think that everyone getting together to collaborate can really help to provide answers to that and just make sure that we're doing the things that that really do have an impact but can also just start to reduce our workload a little bit I think definitely I am I sort of talk to people a lot about marginal gains so you know if, if you can make if you can use things to have marginal gains in lots of different you know bits of your teaching practice then as a collective you know or as a, a sort of um, compound effect you know you're hoping that everything's sort of helping learners to learn um either easier or better or you know um in a way that they kind of really it really lands with them so yeah it's really it's really exciting what's going on lots of talk on on twitter in particular about um fe research meets and um, them being really well received and people wanting to be involved in them so yeah it's, yeah, it's great. great um so tell me about you then tell me about your fe journey and and sort of your interests and how you came to work at the charter college um yeah it's been quite a journey really I'd I kind of um had had a bit of a a moment where I sort of realized that I wanted to work in education in some way mm. so um, my degree was kind of in English and art history um, and so I was working at an art gallery at the time and I started doing a lot of the tours um, so I was kind of teaching people about the exhibition things and it kind of occurred to me that I really enjoyed that part of my day um, and also just kind of getting time in the library to go and read some books and then go and tell people about it I was yeah. kind of really enjoying those parts <laughs> I thought about teaching for the first time ever because uh, people had spoken to me about it previously and I kind of thought oh no I don't think it's for me mm-hmm. so I knew that a school setting wasn't really where I wanted to be mm-hmm. um I kind of tried out primary school because everyone said oh you'd be lovely with young kids mm-hmm. um, and I tried it uh, I was supposed to be there for a week and I think I managed a couple of days and then just said look this is not for me mm-hmm. um so mm-hmm. it just wasn't the environment where I would excel um and then I kind of tried uh, all sorts really visited some secondary schools and then it just convinced me that it just wasn't the right environment yeah. and 
I managed to get a temporary job working in information advice and guidance within a further education college. Okay. Um, and that was kind of my way in, really. So I was answering the phones and talking to people about enrollments and all of that sort of thing. Um, and then I kind of thought, oh, yeah, this is just a lovely environment. And I think it was that thing of just the whole ethos of further education is just that your learning never stops and that we're giving opportunities to people that have perhaps missed out on it previously or it just hasn't quite hit them in the right way um, in their education so far. So just the whole culture of it really just uh, chimed with me. So um, I managed to kind of get a place on a PDC part time and I started teaching um English predominantly mm. although within FE as many listeners will know you end up teaching a bit of maths and ICT and <laughs> skills and all the rest of it as well um, which made for a fun time I think I taught maths for about a term and then went to my manager and said look this really isn't on they need an actual maths teacher <laughs> so, um, I did keep bits of the ICT though and I did enjoy that part of it but um, yeah mostly English and then I started kind of teaching GCSE and access A levels and sort of moved around various bits of the college yeah Um, and then in one of my roles uh, I was approached by a principal who'd kind of said we're currently looking at how we uh, work on CPD with teachers and we wondered you know they kind of brought a few teachers together that they thought might have ideas about how we looked a little differently Um, and I kind of sat there we had sandwiches and stuff and we were all just chatting about it and I thought oh I've got loads of ideas for this yeah so we managed to, it was a really great environment to be part of actually because she really just supported us all to kind of pilot things and try them out and just see how they landed so we did about a term of that and um, before we kind of decided how we'd move things forward and really it was just a very much a bottom-up approach of CPD and mm-hmm. kind of going from the teachers really and and less of kind of bringing in experts from externally which is what the CPD had become is that we were constantly referring to consultants and people yeah. to come in and fix things and actually it was saying well we've employed some fantastic practitioners and they're all doing amazing things in their classrooms and so we just need to kind of bring everyone together a little bit more and collaborate and I think we would really lost that sense of people getting together so that's kind of how I got started in CPD and then I went on to lead CPD and learning technologies and then um, I was looking for a bit of a change I was in an environment that didn't didn't suit me for whatever reason Mm. and um, I saw the job at the Chartered College I was a member at the time Mm. and I thought well this is an opportunity to sort of bring together my loves of CPD and technology and sort of do it all at once really so yeah that's kind of my snapshot yeah I think um that you know the debate and the discussion about how we design CPD is I'm gonna sort of ask you a little bit about that in in a minute because I think um you know there's lots of colleges doing lots of different things and and we often think we should bring people in um but you know the more that you sort of talk to staff the more they just want that space to have that sort of professional discussion and professional sharing you know once they get past the the um sometimes fear of sharing um, yeah absolutely um they 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 really appreciate that space um so yeah it's it's kind of it's interesting I you know I'm constantly debating how best to um design what we do I'm I'm in the process of designing our development week which is the first week of July which you know we're really lucky we have a it's a restricted leave week where there's a full week of um professional development so 
yeah really sort of love trying to figure out what's what's you know what people want and what will be useful for them um but um it's sometimes the first battle isn't it it's sort of setting time protected time aside that is not encroached on by anything else um because i think it's providing that space and time for discussion so yeah you're really lucky to have that yeah i feel really lucky and it's interesting because we you know as you can imagine it's it's received in variable ways with with staff in the college you know some really look forward to it and some don't um which is why you know I, i take on that real responsibility of trying to make it useful um mm-hmm. for everyone in mm-hmm. some way shape or form um and it's the first time I've done it because it'll be the first July that I've been at Barnsley but you know I'm, I'm, I'm really keen to look at um lots of var you know various things and but at the same time not not make it too um not make it too like not I don't know how best to describe it I'm trying not to make it too crazy um, yeah sure um, it, it can sometimes be like an overload of yeah. so much activity that when actually you probably just want some time for them to get together and yeah it's it's not it's not losing one by doing the other by kind of creating opportunities for everybody you sometimes lose some of that quality time yes um, so yeah I can trying see. To, yeah trying to definitely yeah definitely feel like it's a balance but we'll get there we'll I've, I'm taking on lots of different ideas and different things but trying not yeah. to overload people and give them real yes. time to to speak but um okay so just tell me a little bit then about your current role you mentioned um sort of how you got to um the charter yeah. college and and um, but what are you currently working on what are your sort of um, current projects? all kinds of things yeah. <laughs> Um, my role is head of online learning and community so essentially I'm 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 leading on professional development um sort of those online bits that we do so we've got some programs for teachers that are looking to gain chartered status um so it's a kind of just over a year-long program that kind of gives them an opportunity to really showcase their expertise in teaching Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm supporting with all the online aspects of that so they have access to Iris Connect as part of the program oh, so cool. I kind of give them access to that and sort of make sure that all of that's working mm-hmm. and they've also got an online uh, forum where they can kind of connect with all the chartered teachers and also their mentors mm-hmm. um, and then we've also got some programs starting for early career teachers so we're working on the online platforms for that and then the other part of it is really just developing these online courses so we've just uh, reached the end of the first one for the first public one that we've done so completely on. really really well um learned a lot from the first run so there'll be things to do differently on the second but you don't know till you've done it once um, but it's been received really positively and I think it's just been this real mix of um teachers engaging with the research evidence and then seeing case studies of things in practice but then also having this chance to discuss with other people from other environments um so i don't think there's often enough chance for that and if teachers aren't on twitter there's often not that easy environment where you can connect with other people in other settings yeah Um, so that's been really good. I can see people sort of really starting to make those connections and obviously arranging visits to go and see each other and things. Oh, and something that's really kind of exciting and nice. So, yeah, it's been good. Good. Um, so at the, at the AOC, um, you that's where we I sort of first um, physically saw you. Um, and I say that and it sounds weird, but 
um, as you know, you sort of connect with people on Twitter and follow people on Twitter, and then it, it's ages before you actually see yeah, them in real exactly. in real life. Um, yeah. So you t- you talked a little bit about, um, or you presented that day on evidence based and research informed professional development. So um, I thought it'd be really nice just to um, just revisit a few of your key messages for people who didn't attend. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So I kind of. I guess I really started off uh, talking about kind of what changed my perspective on CPD Mm -hmm. um, and some sort of the research evidence that really helped me to think about that. So there were kind of two things really in the main and um, listening to your podcast actually, Steph, Mm -hmm. um, the the pair of you kind of chatting (laughs) about and learning, it started in a similar way with me because I I, I worked with a colleague uh, also called Steph, in fact. Oh, really? Yeah, we kind of engaged with the research evidence. We were really interested in learning and development. Um, She kind of went down the more CIPD, L&D route. So she came at it from a slightly different angle. And I think those discussions were really rich and was challenging each other's thinking, but also just looking at things together. I think doing things collaboratively is a really positive way to do it. If you can find a colleague uh, have those discussions with, it just it really helps you along with it yeah. but we um yeah so we sat down for a day and we kind of sat down and looked at a lot of the papers that we'd gathered together and a couple of the things were the CPD standards produced by the Department for Education mm-hmm. um and I think whilst they were designed for schools they, they really provided a lot of things for us to kind of almost self-assess again so yeah. we were these standards and saying how much do we actually meet these and what could we do more to meet some of these things? So um, those standards are based on the research evidence. They're quite sort of quick route into making sure that CPD is evidence-based without having to read all the, all the papers around it. Yeah. Um, and I think two of the things there really kind of helped me think about CPD differently. And one of them was this idea of it being sustained. And I think CPD is an acronym is sort of, it's got continuous in it, but we <laughs> continuous part especially if you're working in a culture where if you've had like a recent Ofsted report or something that's saying well you need to think about measuring progress and you also need to think about your assessment and you need to think about your feedback and your stretch and challenge and Mm. you support EAL learners and soon you you have a really long list of everything Um, and I think depending on what your leadership is like in a college it can be that you end up like designing CPD for every single one of those elements and teachers can end up feeling really overwhelmed that they've got to do all of these things and they go to one session on one thing and one session on another and I think I was really seeing that this one shot approach was really not a good way to approach learning and certainly wasn't the way I was approaching it for my students Mm -hmm. Um, so you kind of look at it and you think we're not really giving teachers a chance to revisit something get to grips with it um kind of bring along their problems and challenges and misconceptions go away and try things and really practice something um so I think it really helped me reflect on on how sustained we were being in our CPD approach yeah that was one of the main areas and I think the other main area I could probably pick out from that was um how closely we were linking it um and Philip accordingly there's a really lovely quote about um the golden thread that kind of ties the learner through the CBD through everything else yeah Um, I think we weren't always then thinking about this impact on the learners um certain contexts that I've worked in CPD was very much about kind of you know we've we've done that now we can tick it off the list (laughs) yeah it it was 
yeah, it was very much about getting it done <laughs> rather than focusing on what is the learning here and and how are our pupils going to benefit? And and once we've tried something out, have they benefited in the way they thought we thought they would? Or, yeah. you know, because not one thing will work in every context. And I think anything with CPD, we just really need to think about our own learners and the impact that that's having. Um, not just so we can say whether it's worked or not, but also because a teacher can really build up their own confidence from that. Yeah. Because they can say, do you know what? I can tie what I've done physically in that classroom to the impact it's had on the learners. And I think that's a really exciting sort of connection for them to be able to make um, where it has. So, yeah, I guess that was my start. Yeah, I really like that because I've just wrote down the words ethos around professional development, question mark, because I think, you know, I'm just thinking about me, I, you know, I'm on the same page as you in terms of I, I'm a forever learner and I am, I constantly reflect and, and want to develop my practice and whether that be when I was a teacher or whether it's now as a manager, Um, but I think What's really interesting is that sometimes I feel that overwhelm that you just described, which is as an institution, we, you know, we've got all these things that we're, we've got to sort of think about. And, um, you know, when we need, we're working on improving this and we're working on improving that. And, and you sort of trying to design things that take all of those things into account. But it, it, it becomes overwhelming for for you're thinking well are we going to manage all those things to really move forward on those things this year Um, and and you can't not try but at the same time because of that you sometimes forget about the other end which is you know it's not it's not that we forget it because obviously learners always do come first but you know actually designing it from that perspective is a different way of looking at it and you know, I have my ethos and my sort of approach to professional development, but, you know, I haven't put um, put anything out there to 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 design what our, you know, our, our joined messages in terms of I haven't got people together to go, OK, what 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 is our mission around professional development as a college? And maybe I could probably do more just to communicate that across college. So thanks for that. That's made me think about how I can how I can just communicate a bit better with um you know staff across the college but yeah like you said shared language does help yes all leaders are kind of saying you know before we do any CPD we are thinking about x y or z yeah then I think it just helps everybody doesn't it because if they're doing something in their team meeting it links up and definitely yeah it's not easy but it's one of those conversations to try and prioritize definitely yeah Having everyone on the same page definitely helps, doesn't it? So, yeah, yeah. Um, Fab. Also, what are the um, couple of key key things would you say from an evidence based or research informed professional development plan? If you, as a college, um, what sort of maybe two or three or three other key things should people be thinking about? I think the other element is just making sure that all your CPD kind of starts with the research evidence first. Mm. Um, and I think it's it, it that can help you to challenge some of the principles that have embedded themselves for whatever reason. I think I've had conversations over the years about, you know, a tracking and measuring of progress and collecting mm. data. And it really helped us to kind of question things. Yeah. 
a challenge why we were doing something. So we had a lot of work around pro-monitoring, smart targets and all of this data and measuring progress. And we were able to kind of sit down and say, well, why are we doing this? What impact are we hoping it's going to have on the learners? And well, let's take a bit of time to go back, look at the research evidence, and then we can all come back together and and say what we think at that point. Um, So so part of that is is the bravery around taking the time. Yeah. and I think sometimes, again, it goes with that sort of the CPD tick box thing is is because there is so little time and we're trying to get through so much yeah. that we can fall into this trap of just doing it quickly. Um, and I think just being brave about providing the space and time to think um, make sure that we've looked at the research evidence properly um, before we kind of run and, and jump into implementing something. Yeah. Um, And I think the other part of it is just kind of what I said before is that Mm. research evidence does suggest that experts uh, input is really important because that can help to really shift our thinking. It can shift perspectives and bias that exist in an organisation or individuals. And I think that that is really important. But I think it's only really alongside connecting everyone else and sort of building up that culture where people feel as though they are able to share with one another Um, or share openly not just the successes but also the challenges Um, that was something I'd learned in an organization uh, because we'd led very much from the foot of let's get everyone together and share something that's working in their classroom yeah and that was great for a while and it lasted you know for quite a long time with everyone kind of sharing successes and then you start to see the people that aren't really engaging with that yeah and this potentially isn't a really safe space for people to do that Mm. um they they can't come forward and say do you know what I'm having this challenge in my practice and I really want that's what is occupying my mind at the moment mm. I can't think about what's working well for everybody else because I've got this one challenge that's just really causing me some bother in, in my practice and I really want to be able to share that yeah. um, I think it's about creating that culture where people are able to do that um, in a professional space so it's not that they're going to get judged or there's not going to be any accountability around it but they're just, they're just able to share what's going on for them yeah I, I feel re- it's one of my real um, passions around leadership and culture um, I have a, a real you know um, drive to create a college where we are open enough to share both our successes and our challenges because I think you can't have one without the other you can't have you like you say you can't create a safe space um if you're if you're always either preventing or or frowning upon talking about what's not working um and, and trying to explore that and like you say it's 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 building a culture where people don't feel um, judged or don't feel like there'll be any sort of um, backlash if you like if you if yeah. you say actually this is happening for me and yeah. I just need to be able to explore it and have some support and um, and, and welcome people in um, to to help me with that so um, I think unless we build for me. Uh, I think one of the the biggest like moves that colleges can make is to try and really create that space around everything that they do because I think the more that you're willing to stare yourself in the face in the mirror and say yeah. hey what what are we good at but what are we really you know what are mm-hmm. we working on um and let's not um 
you know, superficially try and patch over a crack. Um, yeah. I think, yeah. you know, I think that's a real, a real, like, I like that word that you used before, brave, you know, a real, just a, a brave place to be. But also, I think staff then will feel really supported um, yeah. to do the challenging I, job that they've got to do. Yeah, definitely. Um, And I think, yeah, it's not it's not shying away from that challenge, is it? And I think leaders can be real role models in in doing that and kind of bringing a challenge to the forefront for themselves. Yes. Kind of saying, you know, I've been working on X, Y, or Z, and I really need your input on it because I'm 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 stuck on this, or mm-hmm. I've noticed this challenge, and and they can really sort of lead what that looks like and and what it means to kind of put yourself out there. I think I've read it before. It's kind of known as reciprocal vulnerability, yeah. um, and it was just really nice that whoever you're working with everyone is kind of open to to putting themselves out there and being vulnerable yeah. um, but I think you can't expect your your teachers to do it if, if leaders aren't themselves doing it so I agree I I it agree. starts from that point doesn't it yeah definitely I love that um okay so last question really I just wanted to explore technology in a little bit more detail because um you know it's it's a uh, a big topic and, and colleges talking about how they drive the use of technology or where to next and how do we how do they sort of really maximize the use of technology and um, I just wanted your insight I suppose and wisdom on um, you know if if colleges are or as colleges are starting to move forward and think about technology now hopefully in term three they're starting to think about like next year and how they move forward so what what types of things should they really be thinking about and what sort of key approaches do you think would make technology use successful yeah um I think there are a couple of things to think about to start with which is um one it's been discussed on the course that we've done recently actually Mm -hmm. kind of termed as a bit of a spring clean um actually just look at what in terms of like hardware and software that's been used right across the college every single part of the practice that's going on um, is just kind of what have we already got in place what are we paying for what's free what's being used let's just have a look and dig it all out so if we've got assistive (laughs) tech cupboards that we haven't used for years but we're in and um, I think that can reveal some things that either we forgot we had or we're not using effectively enough and we need to replace or actually we're not using effectively enough and we just need some support and CPD around it and I think that that can be a really good starting point that that. forget to think about Um, so that was a really powerful thing on the course that came through with being useful for people I think the other thing then is kind of thinking about the infrastructure side of it. So really speaking to your teachers about the challenges that they've got. And I think sometimes technology whinges can be seen as just that by leadership. Yeah. Like, oh, everyone's moaning about the Wi-Fi again or not being able to <laughs> log on or yeah. their interactive whiteboard never works in that room. And um, I think it can become white noise because uh, there's so much of it. But actually just taking some time to really listen to teachers about those things. Yeah. Because um I think just like anything else teachers can't feel confident to use technology in their classrooms with their students yeah. if the wi-fi is going to cut out or the device is kind of a really slow to log in or whatever the issue is that can be a real barrier to them using it because mm. I think you're often taking a really brave risk in using technology with the students and you don't want to fall flat on your face yeah. and there's always that risk if things aren't in place with the infrastructure and everything else that that will happen so 
um, yeah, that's another area to just really take some time to think about and, and strategize about, really. No, I think that's important, actually, because, you know, the, the as time goes on and the longer I've kind of done the type of role that I've done, it's, it's really important to acknowledge the challenges that people face. And, um, you know, I, I have probably at times been, um, you know, uh, guilty of that thinking oh it's another moan about um the wi-fi or and actually you know I try to always be solution focused um yeah. but actually you know there's real there's real value in in really listening to what's going on and then being able to come together to say okay what are we going to do about it um, and if there are things that are cropping up that we're not sure of, then actually going and investigating a little bit and, and yeah, say, okay, so just tell me in a bit more detail. Let's How, find out more. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a really yeah. good good thing to do. Yeah, and, and, and sometimes it might just mean that actually the next year is going to be investing in that infrastructure and getting all the Wi-Fi sorted out and that actually you're not going to make much project, progress with technology until that's done. So sometimes that that can be the decision that you end up making. Yeah. Um, rather than kind of struggling on trying to get people to use things, it's actually, yeah, let's just get the foundation elements there first. Definitely. Um, so that's kind of a good starting point, really. And then the next point is kind of just thinking about why you want to use technology. So again, thinking about the pupils and their learning. Yeah. What, is there an area of that that you really want to focus on in the next year? So um, our course, we kind of looked at three different areas and, and, and it might be that you look at the same three. It might be something completely different. Mm. So our three areas really were kind of we were looking at sort of presentation and communication mm. areas of collaboration um and then we were looking at kind of uh, retrieval so things like quizzes and sort of really just giving students confidence in their own level of knowledge yeah. um, and then the other area was kind of assessment and feedback so okay. looking at different areas and saying well what 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 area of our pupils learning do we really want to focus on this year yeah. and not thinking about it in terms of technology first of all um, and I think that was the biggest thing on the course was kind of moving away from this thinking of we've got a cupboard of iPads <laughs> so what can we do with them yeah. <laughs> it's actually saying do you know what I don't think that our feedback is as, as effective as it could be yeah so let's look at that first yeah. let's look at what the research evidence tells us about what makes for effective feedback and we'll spend some time just thinking about that in general yeah and then we'll say how might technology help with this? What tools have we already got? What might we be able to kind of pull in to help us with that? Yeah. Um, so I think just really starting from the pupils and not not starting with the technology really as the solution. Um, yeah. And then, and then looking at what technology might be able to help with. And, and in some cases, it might be able to help. And in some cases, it won't. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just... I think similar to what we've said about CPD so far, really, which is kind of don't don't throw it all in at once and kind of say, well, we're going to use a 10 tools this year and, and sort of try and master it all. Um, just find the one solution and really focus on using that effectively and well and then move on from there, I think. Yeah, I think I can't remember where I heard it or who I heard it from. So I apologise to the person that I can't remember who said this or where I, where I read it. But um, And it might even have been you, Hannah. It might have been at the AOC conference. I can't remember. I honestly can't. But it was about thinking about, well, what are the challenges you face? And then how can technology provide a solution rather than um, 
you know, and the answer to that might be sometimes that technology can't provide a solution, but actually it's thinking about technology from a, how can it help you bridge the gap that you're trying to, to bridge rather than, okay, let's start with the technology and let's see what it can do. Um, yeah, it's it's just flipping it on its head a bit, and I, I really, I whenever I wherever or whoever I heard that from, um, I really liked that um way of thinking, and I think that's really a really good way of of thinking about it, isn't it? Because I I think w- whether it's technology or whether it's a system that colleges are thinking of buying, totally. Yeah, actually, it's about rewinding to what are you trying to achieve? Yes absolutely what what does the evidence and what does the research show us has an impact and then let's design it on that because I I have had people um, approach me and say oh have you used this system have you got any experience of this system and I say you know I I, I actually I don't it doesn't matter to me what system it is um, sometimes it's about what it does and what you want it to do and do you design your principles and your and your communication on on that rather than just train people on the system Mm. I think that's really important I think it was a difficult lesson for me to learn because I was really excited about technology and somebody would bring me something and I'd just get really excited about it (laughs) I just be like yes I'm going to try it in my lesson and 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 it did take me a while to think actually I need to think about why I'm using this (laughs) so that my students aren't just bombarded with stuff that gets in the way of their learning so yeah Fab. Um, amazing. Thanks so much, Hannah. Um, All right. So no how can people connect with you? Where are you on Twitter? What's your um where do so, you- yeah, Twitter's probably the best place. Yeah. I have been thinking about giving it up recently, but really? I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a little bit longer. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just so time consuming and um okay. I end up reading so many different things and I ended up off in a rabbit warren of trying loads of things <laughs> yeah. out. So um so I am at Hannah Tyerman so Hannah and then Tyerman T-Y-R-E-M-A-N just all one word um I do occasionally blog uh I I should probably say rarely these days um, but anything I do put out there is on Twitter so probably the best way to get me Fab thank you so much Hannah thanks for being our first guest on the Teach Next thank you for having me (laughs) um, thanks so much speak again soon all right thank you Bye, bye 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 thanks for listening to the teaching excellence podcast leave us a voice message in anchor tweet us and let us know what you think or what you want to hear on the show tune in next week for more have an amazing week and be the best version of you